Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. You dude, it's the apocalypse in California. We're still here, though. We are still here. We're we're still here. People might have been wondering since we uh, we haven't uh, recorded an episode since what what looks like a dreadful draw for me in the uh, in the liquor delivery bet. (laughs) It is not not looking looking so good for me at all. But, um, dude, uh, hockey is still being played. I have been watching. I don't know uh, if you've been watching, uh, but it's been fun to just uh, see what's going on. And there's been some surprises. There's been some epic collapses. It's uh, There's been some key injuries. It's been good, dude. Yeah, it's uh, definitely not what I expected. If we look at, we have eight teams left. It looks like... Uh, Let's see, I haven't looked at the scores today, but it looks like at least two of the teams are what we would normally expect in Vegas and Tampa Bay still alive. But, of course, the Avalanche being a very uh, hot team, a lot of people like to pick them. They are not looking so good against Dallas, which we'll get to in a minute. But the other teams, you know, Philadelphia beats Montreal, which was a a play-in series that we never expected to go that way. And the New York Islanders are playing well. Uh, the, the New York Islanders beat the Washington Capitals, which no one expected. So in in a decisive fashion as well. Yeah, they kind of em- embarrassed them. It, it cost the Capitals coach's job. It, so, it certainly did. Yeah, uh, so there's yeah, a lot of soul-searching going no on. Good. No good. It, you know, had to feel good for Barry Trotz, actually. And even though I have, I have both those teams in the... Uh, in the whiskey bet here. Uh, I, I, I did enjoy it. I won't lie. I like Barry Trotz and it's just hard to imagine. I I mean, and now, you know, of course they're leading this series here against the flyers who um, have maybe been unmasked here. Maybe they were anointed a little bit too quickly as the uh, best in the East. I mean, they certainly were a hot team, but I don't think anybody thought, that they were the best team in the East. If we'd gone back, you know, five months ago, uh, we wouldn't be saying they're the number one seed, right? And then all of a sudden they went from, yeah, maybe they'll win a playoff round to they're the number one seed. And, uh, you know, seeing them struggle against Montreal and now seeing them struggle against the Islanders, uh, I fully expect the Islanders to win this series, dude. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if Philly doesn't even win another game. At, at this point, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, Philly uh, got a pretty nice draw. Montreal in round one and the New York Islanders in round two. And, uh, you know, Philly certainly played well at the right time to to gain that seating. But uh, when you see, for instance, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning kicking the crap out of the team that bounced them last year, and now leading three to one against Boston, who I thought was probably the second most dangerous team behind the Lightning in the East. You know, Tampa Bay looks like the real deal right now, and Philadelphia looks like a bit of a pretender at the moment. They got a 
a draw that no one expected in round one, and now they're playing a team that no one expected to win round one, and they're losing. So not looking so good for Philly. Doesn't mean they're a bad team. Doesn't mean uh, there aren't good things for Philadelphia fans to think about because no one expected them to be in this position anyway. So um, I'm sure it's a little bit bittersweet for Flyers fans. Got kind of their hopes up in the play-in round, and then now it's like, oh, oops, maybe we're not yeah, all that but there's great. A, there's a lot of time for this team. I mean, this team... It isn't at their peak, right? You know, I mean, I think you, you look at this team and they, they're certainly certainly put together to be good for several years. So uh, taking their lumps actually right now might make them even better uh, in the long run. And, you know, you're, you're sort of seeing some of these other teams. You know, Boston is at the top or the height of their powers, right? Tampa Bay seems to have clicked here. Although, you know, dude, uh, Boston's not going to roll over tomorrow no. in Game 5. And I, I'll tell you this. If Boston wins Game 5 tomorrow, Tampa Bay is going to pucker up hard. Oh, yeah. They're going to pucker up hard. And, uh, you know, if we were in Vegas, I might throw a hundy on Boston to win the series at that point because, you know, they just have a history of choking. And they almost did it against Columbus again, you know, with, you know, 70 overtimes. And right. uh, they finally got control of that series. But Columbus was playing without some of their best players at times. And, you know, I heard, a, you know, a few hockey uh, pundits call Tampa Bay soft, you know. Mm-hmm. It'll look soft right now. You know, they've really laid it on Boston, I think, by a combined score of 10 to 2 in the last two games, but uh, Boston's going to be a tough out on this last game tomorrow. I am definitely watching that. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yep. Going to be really tough. Boston's a good team. They don't lay down. They got some of the best players in the league. This is not one of those things where they're just going to be like, Oh, little bit of a, you know, a little bit of uh, difficulty. Well, let's just roll up the tent. That's not how Boston rolls. So, no, not at all. Um, that is it, uh, apparently how St. Louis rolls. Apparently I was very so. surprised. Uh, that that was maybe the most shocking exit in the first round to me, more shocking than the Capitals uh, because um, – and I, well, I mean, and we could go back to the play-in where, you know, Chicago beating Edmonton was, I, I thought – you know, I felt really bad for Edmondson fans. Just, you know, you finally think that you're going to get like a taste and you lose to a terrible, like yeah. terrible team in the playoffs anyways. But, you know, seeing uh, Vancouver who, you know, uh, they really were far too skilled for the Blues and the Blues magic just completely ran out. Uh, and their goaltending was, you know, when you're when you're when you're turning to Jake Allen to try and save your season, mm-hmm. you know, you got big problems at that point because we know all about Jake Allen, right? We certainly and now do. That I'm, now that I'm saying this, you know, Jake Allen's going to be a shark next year, by the way. So, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, St. Louis bounced. Vancouver, um, you know, looked completely in over their heads in game one and game three against the Golden Knights, but played very well against them in game two. So 
what will happen tonight, dude? I mean, this is, uh, you know, do you expect a Vancouver bounce back here? Or do you think the Golden Knights are just going to roll through these next two games? I think the Golden Knights are going to roll, right? We, we had talked, obviously, the big news in the NHL was the controversy over Marc-Andre Fleury's agent tweeting uh, sort of a political cartoon, if you will, of the coach uh, stabbing Mark Andre Fleury in the back because the Vegas which coach was that dude? Which coach? Pete, Pete DeBoer, our own, <laughs> our own uh, well-loved Pete DeBoer, and um, you know, with Robin Leonard starting, Robin Leonard put up another good performance in Game Three. I think, with the benefit of hindsight, it looks like that's the right call here. I mean, Robin Leonard is playing great. I I understand if you're DeBoer, you're taking some shots. Uh, I get that. I get that. Um, Fleury's agent is trying to stick up for his client um certainly vegas made a statement in game one because that was right after the controversy and i think a lot of people thought okay this is going to sort of shake the room it might divide the room in terms of a, a pro flurry or pro leonard camp and there was none of that uh vegas one going away so it certainly seems like vegas has a pretty tight locker room right now and um there's no sign that there are cracks certainly they you know Vancouver tied it because Vancouver's a good team, but game game three, Vegas again shut them out. They shut them out two out of three games in this series. So this is uh it's looking like Vegas' show. I mean, it's Vegas, uh, the West is Vegas is to lose, in my opinion. Will will they start Leonard tonight in the back to back situation? I mean, like this is gonna be interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard. I think they. Pl- I think they're going to play Flurry tonight. I think you. I, I think you need to. I think you got to play Flower because Vegas is not one of those teams that's happy to be there. This is a team that wants to win the cup. And if you think you got a pretty good draw in Vancouver, because you, frankly you did, no one expected Vancouver to win that first round. You got to rest your your good players. If and you got to give Flurry the opportunity to get his rhythm as well. You want both of those guys to be playing well. As the, as the series go along, and right now they're probably at least right now in another surprise they might play Dallas in the next round, and that means Vegas is is looking pretty good going to the Cup, and so they're not going to want to see if they can how many games in a row can we play Robin Leonard? It's not going to be that that show. It's not the Robin Leonard Iron Man show. It's the Vegas tries to win the Cup show, and that includes playing both goaltenders. If you were in Reno or Vegas right now and you heard that uh, Vegas was going to play Flurry tonight, mm-hmm. would you run to the window to play Vancouver because you think Flurry might be soft? Or would you run to the window to play Vegas because you think the Knights are going to play their asses off for Flower? Well, dude, you forgot the wonderful gambling town of Laughlin, Nevada. And if I were in Laughlin, I would uh, actually. I would. I would put money on Flurry. I think this is a. It's sort of a difficult. He was put in sort of a difficult position by his agent. Um, he sort of had to kind of disavow it without disavowing it, telling him to take it down. Um, he's by every account I've ever read a very well liked player wherever he's been. He's certainly well loved uh, in Vegas. So I I think Vegas wins tonight if they play Flower for sure. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. This, this is why you play the games because, you know, Vancouver obviously has surprised a lot of people, myself included. I certainly right. did not expect Vancouver to win that first first round. So clearly there's something I missed with Vancouver. And so you can't count them out. But if 
Vegas is the better team in my opinion, and Leonard's the hot goalie, but playing Flurry tonight is probably the right call, and it's not like he's bad. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> Sharks would take well, him in two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> He has not been the same player this year. I mean, he's he's had good moments and he's he's definitely taken a step back. And they wouldn't have gotten Robin Leonard if they thought Flurry was capable of taking them all the way to the cup. I mean, they made that move to push Flurry, and instead Leonard just completely surpassed him. I, you know, just having been in DeBoer's orbit here as the Sharks coach, I think you know now I'm thinking about it. He's playing Leonard. He didn't care. <laughs> you think? He didn't care at all. Like, I mean, like, he's not going to do it because it's the right thing to do and we got to give the other guy. We have saw him ride Martin Jones completely into the ground before, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he might just play Leonard and say, this is working. We we need to win tonight. I don't want to mess around. Uh, you were playing, we're playing Leonard. The hot goalie, yeah. We'll see. I mean, dude, it, we're in the recording in the middle of uh, the Avalanche Stars game. The Stars were winning three nothing, and then De- Colorado came back, and it's now three to two. So, um, you know, I'm, 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 I have both of these teams in the whiskey bet here. Uh, I do think Colorado is the better team, but without Grubauer and without Eric Johnson, it's certainly a heck of a lot closer and. I don't know that they can beat Vegas without those two players anyways. So, you know, Dallas is playing their, you know, Kudobin and Ben Bishop. Shocker, dude, is hurt. I know that's <laughs> shocking. I can see the so, look of surprise you know, yes. on your face. Um, so uh, are you pulling for Joe Pavelski here? I mean, uh, how how happy will you be if Pavs, goes to the cup with Dallas, will you be happy or will there be a little part of it's like, God, that actually makes me mad. I wouldn't be mad. I mean, I would be happy for Pavs. Certainly, I don't think there's anything that Sharks fans can feel aggrieved about in terms of Joe Pavelski. As we've talked many times during this podcast, as it was happening and after it happened, it seemed pretty clear the Sharks had made a decision not to extend Joe Pavelski in favor of of Eric Carlson. Now with hindsight, I can see a lot of sharks may want to make, you know, have a take back on that, but what's done is done. And I don't think it's Pavelski's fault. Um, it's, it's hard not to root for the guy. I don't have any particular dog in the fight for the avalanche. So it would be, it would be bittersweet for me to see Pavs go well, because I want to see the sharks go well. And I'd want, and I'd want to see, uh, you know, Pavs go far with the sharks. That's really the best possible outcome which we're not going to get. So, uh, but yes, I, I, I would be rooting for Paz. I, I have no ill will for him and I don't have any problem with this stars team. You know, the way we might've had problems with the stars in previous rivalry years with the sharks. So I would be totally fine to see the sharks, uh, or the stars go far, except for, of course, you know, the whiskey bet. Dude, I mean, this is vintage paths right now, right? I mean, paths, regular season paths for, Dallas, they may have wanted a, a, a do-over themselves. I mean, he had 14 goals in 67 games. He was not playing well. And he is tied for second in the entire NHL in playoff goals right now. Yep. So this is vintage Pavs. Yep. Clutch Pavs at the right time. And 
you know, I'm rooting for him, dude. I, I hope that, that they're able to, to get to the Western Conference Finals, and I would love to see him be the one who knocks out Vegas again, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and, and go to the cup. Um, dude, I mean, let's, uh, we, we've talked about, uh, you know, if it was who, who right now do you think is, is the front runner? Is it Vegas? Uh, let's see. Um, you know, it's, I think it's honestly, I think it's Tampa. Because, and I'll tell you why, not that Tampa is necessarily playing better than Vegas, but I think Vegas has a tougher road here. Um, if, if Tampa can get out, if they can get out of this game, they only have to win one more game against Boston, certainly they're going to be pretty thrilled with their matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals, whether it's Philly or the New York Islanders. I don't think they would have looked at either of those two teams before COVID and have been quaking in their boots, right? So that's not... I, but I think either Dallas or the Avalanche could give Vegas some trouble. Honestly, uh, I think Vegas has a tougher road. So is Vegas the better team than Tampa right now? Maybe, but I think Tampa has a slightly easier road. Assuming this doesn't go seven games or do, you know much longer, if Tampa can close this thing out, I, I'm yeah. I'm pretty confident that that Tampa Bay is is looking pretty good. They're going to be. I feel like good. I can smell it right now. Boston is going to win. Game five, and they're going to make this pure hell for Tampa. I just, I feel like I can smell it, dude. You know, like it, this is not going to be easy at all. Uh, Sharks news, dude. Uh, how about a big fat nothing? Yeah, big fat zilch, dude. Nothing's happening. We've, we saw a, a fairly disappointing uh, report on the athletic ranking the Sharks uh, almost at the bottom of the NHL in terms of, uh, their prospect pipeline, which it seemed like we had a little bit of a bump uh, this last year, and now we've slid all the way back down to the bottom of the barrel. Um, in reading that article, dude, do you think that Ryan Merkley is going to be in Teal next year? It's it's too hard to predict. I think there's obviously a lot of questions regarding Ryan Merkley. You know, there's two big questions or or issues regarding Ryan Merkley, both of which are, I believe, solvable. I'm sure the Sharks believe are solvable. the The first is his his maturity level, right? There's been some issues with him and coaches. There's been some issues of him being one of the most talented players in the league and the Canadian Hockey League, and then uh, getting traded and t- saying don't report. I mean, those things obviously are are troubling to hear that you have a, a very talented. Uh, player that can contribute that is not wanted, right? So that's the first. The second is that it seems that, which is getting better, it's on the upslope, is that his defense has not been highly praised, to say the least. Um, clearly, as a defenseman, he has off- uh, tons of offensive upside. And was it Pronman who did the review? I can't remember. I think it was. And, you know, this guy's got elite vision. He can He can make the pass. He can create offense on his own. You know, those are all rare talents, but... It's going to be hard to find an NHL job if you're a defenseman and you can't play much defense. Uh, I, those kinds of those kinds of Paul Coffey days are are gone. <laughs> everybody Paul needs Coffey. to. Pi- I love that so much. Everybody needs Paul to pitch Coffey. in. So, <laughs> I think uh, if the Sharks do have what they consider to be six NHL defensemen on the roster, I could easily see Merkley sitting out another um, 
another year. And the way he's going to grab that roster spot is to show that he is responsible defensively, not by showing that he can score in bunches and that he can captain a power play. We already got two of those guys. We don't need a third power play captain right now. We need an NHL defenseman who can contribute. It'd be great for him to be an offensive weapon, maybe on on the bottom pair, but we can't have him be a defensive liability on the Sharks because the Sharks obviously have some goaltending issues and some other issues, and we don't need another one. Yeah, I mean, I, I do not think the Sharks have six NHL defensemen. Like, they have five, and, you know, that there is uh, that sixth spot is, you know, a combination of Jacob Middleton, uh, Nikolai Knaisev, uh and maybe the kid from Arizona State who hasn't played a single you know, uh, NHL moment. Uh, other than that, unless they're going to go out and, and test the free agent market or they're going to make a trade, which, you know, we've already seen there be a trade between Toronto and Pittsburgh where, you know, uh, Toronto sends a young defenseman to Pittsburgh for a mid-round, first-round pick and a bunch of, you know, uh, mid-level prospect package, right? Uh you know, dude, I mean, do you think, I mean, do you think the Sharks are going to make some sort of, and I don't even think we need to identify what it is, but are they going to make some sort of significant roster change, like to the core players? No, I don't, I don't see how, um, you know, as much as Sharks fans might want uh, the Sharks to get rid of one of their larger salaries uh, to give them some flexibility. I just don't see that happening. Um, so I, I think the Sharks are going to go the way... Because that- of financial reasons or because Doug Wilson isn't really interested in disrupting the core? I think a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I think mm. that if you try to trade one of those contracts, he would not get good return. Uh, Doug Wilson doesn't seem to be in the... Uh, like to make trades in that position. <laughs> He likes to be the one who's taking advantage of someone else, not being the one who's being taken advantage of. Um, so I think he would rather stick to what he has in terms of the core. And, you know, this is a, a very similar core that might have gone to the Stanley Cup finals two years ago. So I think there's uh, some, you know, it's plausible that this team could rebound in a significant way. Is, you know, everybody has a different feeling about that. Uh, maybe you and I aren't as optimistic as Doug Wilson might be, but. I, I could see that um, being the case. I don't. I don't see a big trade coming up here uh, before the start of the next season for the Sharks. I think you know. I, I and we will spend more time looking at the Sharks depth chart. But as I'm just taking a peek at it right now, I mean the the roster depth in the forwards is is poor. It's not good. Oh yeah. Like when you're looking at yeah uh, a uh, a roster that has. Kane, Couture, Hurdle, and then after that, you've got LeBanc, who is a huge, sorry, Timo Meyer, LeBanc, Sorensen, who is a, I mean, it, I don't even know that you would say you can count on him anymore. And then after that, you're in the Shellman, Gregor, True, Bergman, Suomela, and Gambrell territory. Yeah. Right? That's six, I just named six guys who Cap Friendly has listed on the Sharks' top 12 forwards and we're not counting Joe because Joe isn't signed and we're not counting Stefan Nason because he hasn't signed and I don't even know 
I mean, if if he'll come back, we saw what happened. You know, when the Sharks traded for who was the center dude that they brought in, he, he was playing in the AHL, and he, he then he ended up signing with like Minnesota or something, right? Who was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, dang. Anyway, well, he, he was so good we can't remember his name. Right. But we were, you know, he deserved to stay, and they let him go. And you know, Nason, I don't know. Melker Carlson, I don't know. And Jumbo, I don't know. I mean, like there was even a mention in Kevin Kurz's column that maybe Jumbo himself doesn't want to stay this time and that maybe he wants to go to Toronto, which, you know, to chase a cup, which I can, you know, I can think of a lot better places to go. Yeah. I mean, Toronto is, I mean, that may have been the, I mean, maybe that's the most disappointing uh, exit in the playing round. Toronto. For sure. It's not shocking, right? But come on. I mean, give me a break, you guys. Like, wow. Terrible, right? Terrible. Well, there's no update on the coaching front, right? No official news about Bugner, uh, which I think it's just so weird unless there's some – the only thing I can think, dude, is that there's some piece of this that is part of an already active – like still active uh, playoff team. It's the only yeah. thing that makes any sense to me. You're right. That's the only thing that's plausible. There's another assistant coach out there that maybe is looking to make a change or something, or who knows what, you know, I don't know how, you know, players and coach contracts even work now because, you know, everything's been pushed off. Like, is your contract through a specific day or th- is it through the end of the season? Maybe there's a guy who's in contract through the end of the season. And he's not going to get resigned, and so he's like, "I'm out." He's going to come to the Sharks, and so the Sharks haven't, you know, presented the entire coaching staff yet. Who knows? I mean, this—it's pure speculation on our part, but that seems the most plausible scenario. Well, why? I mean, why would you? I'm convinced it's Bugner at this point because why would you wait? Right? Like you're mm-hmm. you're now sitting around and waiting. You know, now the Capitals job is open, which is clearly the best job available now, yes, right? Yes. So it, if you're Gallant or um or uh <laughs> La Viola. won't be Boudreaux, right? Or uh La Violette, or maybe it will be Boudreaux. How about that, right? I've seen Randy Carlisle come back to the Ducks. Maybe maybe Bruce Boudreaux goes back to the Capitals. I mean, wouldn't that be hilarious? But um yeah, I mean, that job, you would think, would be the most attractive job on the market. And Calgary, I don't think, has made any sort of announcement about their coach. But, I mean, you can't think that, that they're going to be keeping the interim guy. I mean, they <laughs> they, 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 dude, they had Dallas. They had Dallas. Like, they had him, right? Yeah. I mean, they had him. And Dallas like came back and scored like 80 goals in a row and beat them. Right. <laughs> yep. And like that was, I watched that game and I was, as I was watching it unfold, I tuned in just as it started to turn. I was like, Ooh, this is, I mean, this is ugly. And Calgary is just another team that they just, they don't seem to have a ton of, uh, a ton of heart, you know, mm-hmm. which is, uh, something that's you know even our sharks franchise has been knocked for right yep yep yeah calgary definitely needs something to get them over the hump but you look at their talent level and it seems 
sufficient, but there's something missing. It's just hard to know exactly what. Well, it can be the wrong mix of people, right? Yep. I mean, it can be the wrong mix of people, which is something that I haven't been shy about asking that question about whether the sharks have the wrong mix of people right now. Like mm-hmm. they just seem to have the wrong mix of people. And I, I don't know, like, and it seemed to have gone wrong when, when we got Eric Carlson. So I'm not blaming him necessarily. I'm just saying that sometimes it's just the wrong mix of people Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that that chemistry just maybe isn't there now could be wrong. I really would hope Logan Couture will stop, uh, tweeting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the only sharks news, right? The, I don't even really understand that story, but uh, I've been really trying to stay off Twitter because it seems to be extra toxic. So I'm, I'm yeah, dude. I, I, I don't I really just, know the story, and I uh, frankly, I, I'm not even sure I want to know. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure I know enough about it to to even explain it because I don't want to explain it wrong. But it seemed like he made a statement about implying that. I don't, I, and, and it seemed like he may have gone after somebody who on Twitter, a female sports reporter who actually did not like comment negatively on his story. He, he, Logan got it wrong, I think. Oh, okay. And that, that may have been the worst part about the whole thing. <laughs> right. Um, so, cause of course, anybody, everybody's free to express their political. Yeah. Opinions, opinions of course right? of course right? and we, we don't have to agree with him or any of the other players that's not why you know we're not supporting them because of that but it's just this was interesting um and uh yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right this is a hockey podcast man we don't need to go there yeah man i mean there's been some weird stuff though i mean march or so said some really weird stuff uh in a post game and uh We've had no Dale Talon is being investigated for some sort of yeah, I saw you know something. So yeah, man, there's there's some there's some there's some stuff there's some stuff there's some stuff out there. But uh, you know, it's it does it seems like you know you we're in an environment now where we're several months into this thing. I think everybody is a little bit touchy. I think everybody is a little bit on edge. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now, and uh, I'm just trying to chill as much as I can, you know? And I know that I am lucky enough to be able to do that. I'm so fortunate to be able to still work and, and you know, have a place to live and all these things. And there's so many people that are in, in tougher straits than I am, and I'm just... I'm trying to give everybody a little extra grace in this time, you know? It's like, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be coming down hard on anybody right now. I want no. I want our listeners, I want everybody to be happy and healthy and, and doing their thing and, and making the best of it. I'm trying to help wherever I can. So I'm not going to come down hard on anybody at this point because Lord knows we got enough of that right now. All right. So um, pick, the, pick the four teams that make it to the next round. Well, dude, certainly I am, like you said, I will be puckered if, if Tampa Bay loses the next game. But I, I think it's Tampa and I, I can't, I can't see uh, Philly coming back. So I, right now it's chalk in terms of who's leading the series. I want Dallas to win maybe more than I think the Avalanche will win. So that's why I'm leaning Dallas. 
certainly if the avalanche tie it up in a very convincing fashion you could easily see the avalanche winning that series i just kind of want dallas to win for some reason i'm not really sure why maybe because of joe pavelski but yeah tampa bay the islanders vegas and dallas i think are the top four and i I think i'm still leaning towards a vegas tampa bay final which is obviously you know two huge uh population centers and the nhl's uh you know first choice is as to who would face each other in the stanley cup final tampa bay and vegas their favorite I'm going to say it's going to be, uh, well, Dallas is now taking a 5-2 lead in the third period, so they're, they're very close to getting a total stranglehold on that series. I'm going to say Dallas-Vegas, dude. Uh, I'm going to say Islanders, and dude, I'm calling for You're calling the Boston here, huh? total apocalypse. I'm going Boston. <laughs> when they win tomorrow, Tampa just, they fall apart, and... Boston wins, and then the Islanders take out Boston next, dude. Because I saw a report, dude, where the Islanders said they said there's two guys on that team who are married with kids. The rest of them, they freaking love being there. It's like it's like Disneyland and them, dude. They love it. They love it. Islanders, yeah. yeah. Islanders, Islanders, Dallas yeah. in the cup. It's the NHL's nightmare. <laughs> well, it's also your two teams left or whatever, right? Don't you have you? Have, so yep. yeah, you're you're yep. picking your well, whiskey teams. Awesome. It'd be the worst way for you to lose, possible. It would be. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> I have Boston, Tampa Bay, and Vegas, and I lose. <laughs> that that would be perfect. It'd be great. I'm rooting for it, dude. Oh, dude. All right. Well, dude, today's safe, and uh, I hope all our listeners are hanging in there and. We'll try to be back a little bit faster this time as the the series continue on, and, and especially if any real sharks news come out, but which I don't think will happen between now and the end of the playoffs. Just it seems like most teams usually refrain from doing anything major while the playoffs are going on. Um, you know, partially because there's not a lot of there's not going to be a lot of attention given to those announcements, and to just you know they don't want to step on any toes. So I don't think we're going to see much shark stuff here in the next few weeks. But uh, go Tampa. All right. Well, go go uh, go Isles. All right, too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.